Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. As we continue on talking about Vacation Bible School, I know that uh, you may have picked up on the pattern that we're shooting for this month. We talked about the why VBS. We talked about the what. And today we're talking about the who and when, which leaves next week being the how. I know, really creative, but uh, we're going through these questions to talk about not just why our churches do Vacation Bible School, but to help uh, maybe serve as a conversation starter for your church as you figure out uh, what Vacation Bible School looks like for your church this summer, or maybe it's a little late for you this summer, uh, but for the years to come. So Jordan, how does your church figure out the best time or date to do uh, Vacation Bible School for uh, your ministry? So again, I'm going to appeal to the reality that we have a practice of pursuing a team from the Bible College. That's going to be a theme. But you'll see here, even as I talk about this, the intentionality in that the way you go about this has a significant impact because so much is tied up with that. So if you're not familiar, um, basically there's a process. You send an application in requesting to have a team come out. Um, you'll give like your top three weeks that would work for you. And then like they get back to you and say, actually, um, how about this week? And then you can say, you know, that really doesn't work for us. Or maybe you get one of the weeks you chose or whatever, but they're trying to fit all the applications into uh, a summer with the teams that they have. So there is a little bit of give and take there. What's but, the break? What's the breakdown for that in favor of the week that you have one of the weeks that you've chosen versus not getting the week that you chose. So I think that's going to come up here as we talk about this too, which is really kind of knowledge of your community, of your congregation. Um, For example, this particular year, uh, we submitted our requests. They said, how about we actually maybe the first week, would that work for you? The first week that they were pitching is actually when the last week of school in our local districts. So Uh, obviously that's going to be a red flag. Like you got high schoolers who are dealing with exams. They're probably not going to be able to step into this. Uh, other kids, you know, the last week of school is kind of squirrely anyways. Um, that limits then a, to a certain time frame or whatever. So, so that was one, one instance. Uh, typically for us, we tend to favor early summer. So, kind of ideally right after um, school gets out because kids are used to still having a a daily thing going on. Uh, It's not quite, you haven't had a lot of the summer intramural stuff start as much yet. Softball, there's usually a little bit of a gap. Um, Not as many families are heading out on vacation right then. Um, and, And camping season hasn't really kicked off yet either. So those are a lot of the the externals that kind of go into that as far as knowing our community. Um, I know that 
there was one time we, my first year here, we got kind of, again, that, that application process and the week that was available to us was uh, the 4th of July. And now the 4th is going to potentially be problematic for many people. And our approach was this could either be problematic or it could be a good opportunity. You know, you might get some kids who are here to celebrate the 4th that normally wouldn't be here who could come. Um, we have a, a fairly large 4th of July parade. So that gave us an opportunity to try to hand out advertisements, make a float for the parade. So we didn't actually have class on the 4th of July, um, but really invited people to the last two nights were really going to be more gospel focused. Um, so there's different elements like that to weigh as far as what time frame is going to work best for your congregation. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I think you you highlighted on a lot of uh, important points that will break down a little bit more. Um, you had mentioned, I think, the 4th of July. And I think uh, for our church, again, that doesn't get a team from our Bible college. We tend to shoot for midsummer because it, it just works out that way. Um, usually uh, summer rec for our area schools have calmed down. And it's a time between that and when fall sports starts up for our schools. So a lot of our students are kind of in that leeway, hang time, nothing much going on. Um, July is hot, which allows us to have uh, a chance to do a lot of water games or, or to even be based more inside or to even have things outside. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but uh, in years past, and we didn't do it last year for obvious reasons, but uh, we have done, before Vacation Bible School, uh, we've offered a softball clinic for people to come and take part in. And we usually get a, a good group of kids out uh, at the, the ball field here in Dalton. And uh, there'll be just a couple of quick pickup games. The older kids, you know, you put them together and uh, you, you teach them how to field the ball a little bit and uh, basic softball stuff. And then most of the time is spent playing a game uh, for the younger kids, people with a little bit more patience than me get to go teach them how to uh, be a little more coordinated with throwing and catching. Uh, there's, you know, a, we put out a tee ball set up for them in the outfields. Um, usually, uh, that's not a problem because you know, the, the older kids that take part can't hit the ball out that far. So the younger kids aren't in like, it's not a driving range situation. <laughs> so uh, when we think about when we choose to do vacation Bible school, it's usually midsummer is, is the long and short of it. And it's a time that works for our community. I know you said the 4th of July, that's not great for a lot of our families. A lot of them are on vacation. Uh, they take that full week of the fourth, whenever it is, off, and mm -hmm. they're off in vacation land, which is entirely great, and that's the right to do so. Uh, I know later in June, we have, and this is maybe uh, the same for your small town, if you're listening to this, and maybe those of you in the cities, you don't necessarily know what's going on, but small towns have like a weekend or maybe a week where it's their town festival for the summer. And sometimes there's a parade, there's a lot of garage sales, uh, maybe some events like a night of bingo, a pancake breakfast, years past. And we talked a little bit about this in the fundraising series from back in January, but we did a 5K race on Saturday morning, uh, which turned out pretty well. 
and uh, looking at doing something like that again. But there are things in your church's ministry which, uh, not just speaking as far as the schedules uh, of students and families, as far as school is concerned or summer rec, but there are things in your church that uh, this week just doesn't work for us. Uh, I know our church has always tried to, our churches have tried to prioritize our, our annual conference for the Free Lutherans. Um, those of you not in our denomination, we have a, um, I'm trying to think of a charitable, charitable way to put this. It's a business meeting that lasts uh, for a few days, which, you know, sounds like a riot. I'm sure that's a real, a real party. <laughs> that you, I enjoy it. You enjoy, and, and I know there are people and, and I've gone to it and I've enjoyed connecting with people during that conference as well. But that is a week that we try to avoid um, other weeks as well. But uh, I'm curious here, Jordan, you know, uh, I know that you shared that you don't necessarily get to choose the time during the summer or you don't have as much flexibility uh, as other churches because of you guys getting a team from the Bible college. But uh, I'm curious what time of day you usually shoot for. Yeah, and this this also goes back to what we were just talking about, like identifying what's going on in your community. Um, and I'll highlight a few things there too. Uh, you know, small towns, you might have something like, you guys have a threshing show out there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, so like that might be something <laughs> you avoid. Um, for for yeah. some communities. Avoid that for sure. Yeah. You will not get anyone to plan it that week. <laughs> so, and then there's some things that might be... Uh, more more location specific so like if you're in a farming community there might be a specific season where there's a lot of farm work that has to be done like at this particular time normally so stay away from things like that um so it's just being being helpful to be aware and how that impacts like your time of day um a couple things to keep in mind first of all who are you targeting for attendance um if you're going to be looking for really focusing on younger kids uh, having a late night VBS is probably going to be a very big challenge. Or you might have people who volunteer who will never come back again because it's just like meltdown city here over here. And that's <laughs> that's no fun. It's like Jesus loves me. Ah! Or whatever. <laughs> does he? Why does he let this why does he let this continue? <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's one thing to consider. Um, another thing to consider is like maybe if you're looking at the summer schedule of your community they might have like a whole lot of things in the middle of the afternoon and maybe morning works okay. Um, maybe a lot of the volunteers that you're gonna have uh, are professional working people that do a typical nine to five. And so then you might think like evening might be a little bit better, not necessarily late night, but um, like right after supper kind of a thing. Um, but then you might have like a community where it's shift work primarily. And so then it's just like all up in the air and it's not as important because you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot, no matter what you decide. So a lot of it does come down to being aware again of your, your local setting, who is going to be involved. Um, for us, we have prioritized uh, kind of been doing the evening, evening route. Um, we do see a lot of the, it, it does make it a little bit easier for families to not have to figure out how do we transport the kids if we're working and things like that. Uh, it does help with the volunteers a little bit. Um, and that has worked well for us the last couple of years. And uh, in other places it's been in the morning and then you have like the afternoon to do your family stuff and stuff. So it really depends on your, your church and um, 
just being able to identify that as well. Yeah. And, and I think too, like what you're touching on, if you're doing something that's more evening based, where a lot of your people are going from a nine to five job to maybe right into VBS, it might be something that you can provide for your, uh, as a church or even in your ministry to even say, uh, to incentivize people to come. We're just going to have a simple lunch or a simple supper mm-hmm. here. Um, nothing too extensive, maybe a sandwich, uh, a juice box, um, some orange slices or something like that. We're going to have some kind of food, especially if you're talking about your volunteers and maybe you just want to offer a meal to your volunteers and say, Hey, we appreciate you. Um, here's this. We know the sacrifice that you're uh, making. Uh, our church last summer, and uh, I think this is okay to be a little anecdotal on this uh, compared to other times when we're not anecdotal on this podcast. Uh, last summer, we tried something different where instead of doing it for five days, we did it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the evening. And recognizing that there was a lot of younger families, we said, um, we want our kids to not necessarily, not necessarily be together in groups like we have in years past where everybody's broken up by ages. We break up families into age groups and your guys over here and this age group's over here. We actually had a three-day VBS outside where families were together and uh, to help control the kids in chaos, we said, families, uh, parents, you're going to need some kind of uh presence, whether that be you or some other legal guardian, uh, grandma. So we had grandparents, aunts, uncles, parents, mainly parents, a surprising and grateful number of parents that were there uh, in our churchyard um, with blankets and the kids. I, you, you couldn't tell the difference, I think. Uh, and that's maybe my perspective, but uh, you couldn't tell that the kids didn't seem bothered that, you know, the church wasn't decorated or that there wasn't a particular theme. But we had one teacher, we put him on a trailer um, and hooked up some decent speaker system, hooked up a decent speaker system and let him teach. We had a little bit of a, a social distance game, uh, just, and then we handed out snacks. And usually snacks are, were like bags of goldfish or individual packets. So that wasn't an issue. But uh, there's a little bit of flexibility, I think, when it comes to having uh your structure for your VBS, how many days you have it, what time of day you go for. But again, Jordan, like you said, keeping in mind uh, the needs of your community and the families that you're going to have engaged in this. Yeah, that's really important too. Like it, again, hopefully you're seeing just how important it is to do that groundwork of knowing the why behind what you're doing. And, and also the who and how we want this to be something that genuinely serves people. That's a blessing, um, not a nightmare. So, you know, being mindful of the times it's, it's easy as a leader sometimes to make decisions based on what works best for you. Um, but this is a case where we want to be conscientious of choosing what's best for others. And um, it, it really makes a big difference. And I appreciate what you said too, about how many, you know, you did a three day one. And I know that, that might have been a response of like trying to figure out what to do with COVID. Um, it might not be typical, but but for some people, three days might be where it's at. You know, you you know the intention span, you know the commitment level of your church. Um, again, like you said last episode, we want to take advantage of opportunities we have to share the gospel. And if this, if you can only do three days, but that three days allows you to share Jesus with kids 
um, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's more seeds that's been planted than otherwise. So we want to celebrate that and rejoice in that. And again, say that this is really, you know, you know your community, you know your congregation, and we trust you to do what's best with that. And that kind of leads us to um, a little bit of, of who, as we're thinking about what does it take to make a successful VBS program? What are the key players that you need to line up as far as having all of your bases covered um, to make it a successful week? Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed this, Jordan, as you try and recruit somebody to help even lead the week, like to take point and communicate with everybody else involved. But that seems to be the hardest position for us to fill. Usually that's filled by the same one or two people uh, from uh, year to year. And then all of a sudden, one year, both of them can't do it or they they just they, they can't swing it. And now you're left without uh, a point person for the week. And a lot of people are still willing to help out, uh, but uh, no one to really coordinate them. And uh, as far as encouraging you in this area, if that's really speaking to where you're living right now, I want to encourage you to still try to recruit a person who's going to coordinate with your other leaders, whether that be snacks, games, if you're doing crafts, lessons, or whatever other elements are involved with your VBS for the week you really want to be able to have a person who's not afraid to ask for help or to delegate, because I think that's something that makes that particular position for the week. So difficult is that a lot of stuff that's associated with VBS, a lot of the tasks or the to-do lists are a lot of smaller minor things that like, Oh, I can do that. You know, I can do this. Like, that's not a big deal. I'll do that later. And we have this mentality where this point person just, says yes to so much that eventually they're not coordinating, they're running the whole thing and everybody else is left in the dark. So you want somebody who knows when to say no, you want to encourage them to say no, and to figure out for themselves when to say no, and to leave that to the people that are leading that particular point. As the point person, you don't need to pick out the songs for the week, you can let the song leader do that. But it is important for you as the point person to be able to say, hey, half an hour at the beginning, 20 minutes at the end, figure out how many songs you can fit in that time. Be mindful that this person, ha- uh, we're doing a puppet skit or we're going to be taking an offering or there's a few announcements that we need to cover today. That's your job as the point person to coordinate the other leaders. Uh, and I, Jordan, you and I here, and the audience can't see this, but we're looking at a list of people and roles that we've put up in this list Would you agree with my point person comment or what has been a position that you have found hard to get volunteers? Yeah, I think even just by the nature of what you said of what qualities this point person must need to have, someone who can say no and does say no, you need to get them to say yes and then say no. So (laughs) yeah, say yes to me and then say no to everyone else. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of part of it. Um, Yeah, I think, I think that the point person might be kind of the hardest one. Other than that, maybe, I think it would really depend on the congregation, um, to be honest. So I think sure. I think the intimidation of the point person is that they feel like the responsibility is on their shoulders. And that has been something that I, I've seen modeled a couple different ways. Um, I, I have been the point person a couple of times just because 
Um, we didn't quite have our CE board up to where I was hoping it to be and, you know, just various different things. Uh, and also like if a VBS was done at camp and I'm working with the kids or something, you know, but I've also seen it where it's like been the Christian ed committee is in charge of something like this. And then there's a point person from the committee. And what, what's great about this position is you need to have someone who gets the big picture and yeah. can communicate mm -hmm. that. And that's really what this is coming down to. It's not like everything falls on you. Yes, you might be the person that people are asking the questions of, but you know, as church staff or whatever uh, volunteers, we want to be able to support them when there's a big thing like that. But we need to have someone who gets the big picture, you know, understands the schedule, like you were saying, like you've got this much time for the opening, this much time for the closing, who's gonna be able to say to the person who's leading the lesson, like these are the themes for the day, this is kind of the suggested verse, uh, the snack leader, and I'm kind of just showing everything that we're talking about here, but they're gonna be able to assign or tell people, give guidance for each of these areas and hopefully provide helpful information for them while keeping the, the cohesiveness together. Uh, they're also going to probably be uh, a floater who's going to be there kind of handling questions. You know, you've got one classroom that's got a big disruption going on. They might be able to step in and find people to help shift volunteers around. And, and because of that, that does seem to be a little bit more intimidating, where I think it's harder to have someone step up and say, I will be responsible for this instead of just like, yeah, I'll take this one area and then still have someone who's kind of over everything. Um, but if you can build that into structure of having, you know, I think that that is a great opportunity for, for some Christian ed members to be involved or um, to kind of have a team even who can kind of fulfill that role. So then it's not just on one person every other year, but you're sharing that yeah. load. And I think there's, there's something to be said about the value of having for lack of a better term or phrase, I'll, I'll say legacy leaders, people who have been that in that position for so long that, um, you know, that it's hard to imagine anyone else in that position. And we've had people that are just rock stars in, I mean, as simple and silly as it sounds, they just rock the snacks. We tell them, this is how many kids we're expecting. This is how much money we have to support it and um you know have at it and i know for a fact and they haven't said it but i know for a fact that based on how much they bring and what's offered to the kids that they're donating or they're getting support either donating from themselves or finding support somewhere else to to pull together snacks and um you know it's hard to imagine somebody else in that position but you want to have it in a in a way and you want to structure it in a way where someone else can step in in case those people can't, it's going to be fine, right? Because mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody else, as again, as silly as it sounds, somebody else can serve snacks. Someone else is able to lead the lesson, maybe not as skillfully or as eloquently as people who are used to public speaking, but you know what, I'm, I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit has equipped more than one person in each area of gifting in your church. And pastorally, uh, speaking as a youth pastor as well, that's a really great time for you to challenge your students to step into the role of the ministry of the church, to say, mm -hmm. this is one of the ministries that our church is being a part of. We're calling you up. Uh, we're calling you into something greater, you know, to, to not just be uh, somebody who receives, but as an opportunity to be someone 
who gives as well and, and to be a blessing. And it could take a year or two for them to really warm into the position. So encouraging even the veterans in those positions to say, you're doing a really great job. Um, I know that this week has been, it's kind of long. It's Thursday. You're really looking forward to being done with this tomorrow. Uh, but I'm just really thankful for what you're doing. But I think it's a great chance for you to be able to get the right position, right people in the right position. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, going back to the potential for Vacation Bible School to be really intentional with the discipleship thing, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. have opportunities like it's responsible of us to encourage like a point person, but then also someone who's like their assistant uh, so that they're getting trained by working with them. They understand it. So then if the point person has to step out, there's somebody who already knows and is up to speed and what's going on. Like the snack leader. Yeah. You can have, uh, if you don't do that, you can whip out some prepackaged stuff. Sure. But there might be a plan that actually supports the lesson and is like a theme-based snack. And if, Uh, the main leader can't do it. If you have uh, someone who's being trained up, who's creative and kind of similar in that sense, um, they they're fully prepared to do that and they can make that connection, which can Mm -hmm. be really good too. And so just really quickly as we're running through, um, here's the, for the sake of you listener, the list that we came up with the point person, we spent some time talking about that. Some other key positions, it's going to be like song leader, opening, closing person. So um, maybe not just limited to song, but someone who can sing the songs and knows the songs uh, helps to be energetic with that because VBS is kind of known as a high energy thing. Um, but somebody who can coordinate if you do puppet skits or something like that too, it's going to be really helpful. Um, a big part of Vacation Bible School is the snack time. So we want to make sure that food is taken care of because uh, kids get starving after they ate within an hour, you know, just talk to some Mm -hmm. kids uh, that happens games someone who's planning out what games and getting the supplies that you need for that similar with crafts uh someone who might be really gifted with um, artistic expression Um, and and there's a lot of room to work with this i know that they might suggest all these prepackaged stuff Uh, we kind of shifted to doing things that are going to go throughout the week so they build on each other so it's like making a quilt together or something something's going to be lasting a quilt hold on serious like quilting during vbs so so amazing for one day the students like were painting and designing a quilt square and i think they might have done different squares so that at the end of vbs we put it together and there we hung it on the wall in our fellowship hall and i think we donated it somewhere but um, you know, so it's not just like a, like you said earlier, something that you found between the seats of your van, but it's a long lasting thing that then it kind of takes up to what do we do? Well, we've got this long arching project. So, um, but having a leader for that is, it can be really helpful. Um, so obviously someone teaching uh, students could be a great opportunity to get used to the teaching in front of younger kids that way. And multimedia, you know, someone who's going to be handling the sound needs, handling the video if you're doing video uh being able to take pictures and maybe doing like a slideshow at the end for to show parents if you do a program like hey this is something that happened um or you could be doing like we talked about earlier a totally different program and you really might not need hardly any of these uh but again that's totally up for you to decide and we just wanted to kind of be inclusive to to think through just helpful basics um as you're looking to put this forward 
with that, uh, I, I don't know, Jordan, I think we're at a really good spot to wrap up today's episode. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for listening again. Uh, really want to, again, hoping that these uh, episodes are in encouragement for you. Uh, at, at the very least, we hope that these start a conversation between you and maybe the leadership team. Maybe you're, you're listening to this with others in your church. If so, hello, other people. Uh, we enjoy uh, having you take part in our uh, discussion. And again, I, I want to encourage you, if you have any other ideas or thoughts on this, to go ahead and contribute them to the, our Facebook group. Um, we want to continue the conversation there. So it's not just me and Jordan talking into microphones uh, over the distance through the internet, but we want to be able to uh, converse that way as well. And uh, I hope that uh, this has been, again, edifying for you. If you would, I'm going to call out again that if you haven't, and if you would, if you're willing to go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes or follow us on Spotify, that really helps our visibility uh, and it helps us promote our podcast because we don't pay or promote our podcast outside of this and, and we rely on you. And uh, we appreciate those of you who have given us ratings and have followed and shared our episodes, but um, we want to encourage you to do that if you will. So that being said, I guess I'm wrapping up today's episode. Uh, hope that you are going in the strength of the Lord and that uh, he is working in and through you. And uh, again, joining with you in prayer that he is already at work in the lives of the students that will be at your ministry this summer. Take care. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.